Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, do you want to read manhu? Well, you came to the right place. Welcome to the fifth episode of So Do You Want to Read Manhua, a podcast centered on Korean manhua and their novel or drama counterparts. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Omniscient Reader's Mood Point. My name is Marion, I'll be your host, along with my friend, Amber. Say hi, Amber. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, before we dive into Omniscient Reader, we can catch up with some of our recent reads. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so I got a couple series to talk about today. Uh, the first, I was actually talking to Marinette about a little bit before we started recording, and that is The World's Strongest Troll, um, which oh, is yeah. a webtoon with capital W. Um, I started reading that one just because like, there was a promotion that if you read one of like five or so series last month, you could get 10 free coins. And I'm like, I want free coins. Why not? I'll read a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> Um, then it, it caught my attention. So it's a gaming fantasy action series um, written and illustrated by Yato. The, the summary is Welcome to Arcadia, the world's most plausible virtual reality game created by three major conglomerates, Agent Electron, Silikoff Industries, and Argos Corporation. Join Jay Young, a legendary gamer who goes by the ID Dex, on a chaotic adventure as he hops in the Dreamer capsule to access the fantasy world of Arcadia. This guy, Dex, is absolutely a troll. <laughs> um, he, very early on in the series, makes a name for himself as the newbie killer. And just goes around, like, killing all these brand new players. And they can't, like, when you kill a player in this game, in Arcadia, you can't rejoin the game for, like, 24 hours. <laughs> and um, he, or like... when you die, right? Yeah, like, when you die in the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he also like raises a slime army to take over the newbie village. Like it's a whole thing. But I love <laughs> this that. guy is absolutely a troll. And he ends up changing very, the whole plot of the story. Yeah, he's just changing everything, and it's it's very amusing. And I I'm excited to keep up with it. Good. Um, yeah, I love that series. I actually, it's funny because I brought that up at uh, Anime Expo. That was one of my picks for the category. I'm so sick of this genre. In parentheses. <laughs> But this one is good. <laughs> yes, I I definitely would agree that this is very much in that genre, but different in a way because it it like picks apart the genre in a way. 
yeah, yeah. just wants to um like he goes out of his way to destroy what you would expect him to do um, I, love it. I actually the other oh go ahead yeah. oh no no i i have the the little paragraph i wrote for the panel because the whole point of the of the this thing is like oh this you got to read this webtoon is the name of the panel and it's like trying to sell something in like a minute and uh, here's what I wrote. Uh, full disclaimer, I am not tired of VR MMO comics. <laughs> this uh, series is funny with really expansive world building. It gave me overgeared vibes in that sense, not necessarily by the premise itself. But it's about a gamer who basically kicks ass at everything and then moves on to the next one. He starts a fantasy VR MMO called Arcadia. And through his actions, he becomes reclassified as the Bard of Anarchy, who can't level up, but wields the potential to change the foundation of the game. He becomes the eponymous strongest troll by PKing or player killing thousands of newbies after a rogue quest asked him to get as many as he could before a time limit. And that led to a unique scenario where the slimes of the newbie hunting grounds worshipped him as their savior and then revolt against the town when the other players start to hunt slimes again. It's mayhem. <laughs> it is absolute mayhem and chaos, but very enjoyable for sure. I love it. <laughs> the, Dex is uh, the so funny. He is like in the way he just kind of rolls up and make like states things so matter of fact. Like, there's a scene where he talks to the Duke and he essentially is like instituting a slave wage system in the mines. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no problem. Like, it'll be fixed. <laughs> and just no, my problem. I'm not, I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like corrupts the Baron or yeah, Baron Mikhail or, or whatever to like, yeah. oh, yeah, if you want to make money, your barony is poor. Uh, do this. I'm gonna set up a, like a like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> and then she's like, "Wow, this is devilishly evil." <laughs> she kind of just but like the, gets corrupted. But the devil on his shoulder, he doesn't listen to either. So, oh yeah, <laughs> never know Satan. what he's doing. Literally, like, uh, I think it's Lucifer or Satan or whatever, and he, he I think he has like a cutesy nickname. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember exactly what the nickname is, but. It's funny, and then like there's a later like an angel that appears to you. I don't remember mm-hmm. the angel's name. But... It might be Michael or Ariel. One of the two, yeah. Yeah. The big names that they seem to use a lot <laughs> on <laughs> web comics. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, it's it's a good series. The the other one that I wanted to mention, it's one that's already actually done, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's called Savor the Taste, and it's a romantic slash cooking web comic mm-hmm. on Monta Comics. Uh, so the summary, if you are actually sorry, wait before that, it's written by Yunsan and Mon, art by Bibioshu, and Ooh. original story by Rioron. Um, so the summary is: Can a princess's food save the kingdom? Luana is reborn as an illegitimate princess inside a book. Resigned to her fate, she decides to spend her days cooking. Not long after, the cursed Duke Legion arrives and sacks the kingdom. But instead of falling for the princess, he's bewitched by Luana's food. He orders her to cook for him or die. So that that series is interesting for the fact like it is a romance series after a while, but a lot of it is about her cooking and just trying to survive. Mm. She's she's having a rough go as like a supposedly like bastard princess living alone in a cottage. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'll check that out. It sounds up my alley. Yeah, it's done and it wasn't that long of a series as well. What platform? Monta. Oh, Monta. Monta, right. Okay. Yeah. One sec. One more time. Let me just... Savor the taste. Savor the taste. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. 
I will always read something if there's like food in both manga or manhwa. I love seeing the illustrations for food. It's always so good. Oh, definitely. Nothing quite as good as fictional food. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have the patience to make that, but it looks delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spoken like a true fan of today's menu for the Emmy family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. At least they give me the recipes in that series, so. Oh, true. <laughs> Recreated. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I've been reading one, uh, well, I've been reading it for a while, but I just recently was trying to catch up on The Predator's Fiance on Tappy Toon, which for season two, I think they changed some of the staff, like the art, the art style, um, which initially the art style was part of what drew me, um, like the character designs, but the the character designer changed for, for season two. And the artist now, I believe, I could tell just from the style that it was from the artist who did uh, How to Hide the Emperor's Child, uh, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of a shift, but uh, it's beautiful. I, it's, I don't know who does what, but I have six names here. <laughs> Dawoo, Jackpot, Julie, Lissabelle, Nyang Pa with two Ps, and Vanny B. So I don't know who is the artist, who is the adapter, who is the original artist or author, whatever, but it's good. The description says, Orphaned and living in a monastery, Alicia de Lauer was content and happy. That was until the the Descartes, known for having magical abilities, came to find her. This snake-filled family forces Alicia into a slave contract with their eyes on inheriting her many assets. After years of servitude to the Descartes, Alicia meets a gruesome end at the hands of her captors. That would have been the end of her tale, but as soon as she closed her eyes to die, she awoke again in her own past as if nothing had ever happened. With this second chance, she vows revenge on the Descartes and finds the perfect accomplice in rumored maniac Lucerne de Caias. Uh, Lucerne, an outcast member of the Descartes family, has also sworn revenge on them, but his unwavering distrust of everyone stirs him to form a contract with Alicia only under one condition. She must agree to marry him. Flung into a fake marriage, these two align to uncover the secrets of the Descartes and bring each member down. There's just one secret they can't seem to figure out. Why does it seem like they've met before? And I'm just like, ooh, yes. Revenge. <laughs> uh, regressor, revenge, uh, evil black duke. He's not a black duke. Or he's not a duke, but like he's like that character archetype where it's just like very cold and menacing and black hair, red eyes. He kills people. But... He seems to to be warming up as he gets closer to Alicia. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, the slow burn. I wonder if like the family name like Descartier is kind of like a play off the Cartier diamonds in a way, like being kind of like rich snobbish in a way. Oh, definitely. Well, I could see that. I, I wouldn't say definitely because I don't, I don't know if they intended that or not, but I can totally <laughs> see it. Uh, they're such slime bags. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because, they, oh, my God. Where they are right now, it's like, what, like 90 chapters in? 90 episodes? Uh, oh, 84. And uh, basically, Alicia was, uh, she's a very smart character. I, I like following her as the, like, the, the lead because she's really crafty. Um, she was originally taught at the orphanage by someone who, um, she, she's like a bishop, I think, or like a very high-ranking figure in the church. And she's she's really smart because um that church lady she she was also a mentor to lucerne 
little did, did they know that they shared the same mentor. And like that kind of like feeds into their them having like a very similar thought process. And like, uh, I don't know, it, it adds to the chemistry, I think, because the way that they kind of tackle situations um, over time, like there, there's like a sense of suspicion because they're like, oh, OK, are we on the same side or whatever. But then like Lucerne kind of realizes that like, oh, no, she's not like she's not like all the other girls. <laughs> like, she, she's <laughs> really <laughs> right. She's really smart. And also like the plans that she comes up with in, in order to like um, sow the seeds and like basically bring down the, the family um, are stuff that he agrees with that he thinks are, are, are worth doing. And over time he ends up like flirting with her and he's just like, Oh man, it would be kind of sexy if you did this <laughs> or whatever. And like, I don't know. I find it interesting. It, it's like really endearing the way that they kind of grow closer because Alicia is like, she's just all about surviving obviously because she doesn't want to die again. But then as she like starts realizing that like, maybe she does have feelings for Lucerne. She's still scared because all, all she knows about him is that like, he's, he's this murderous guy who uses like this, um, this like sacred magic. That's also like evil or like, I don't know the way the prison, the magic that he uses, it's like, it's like this shadowy billowy thing that like comes up and like, basically just like, like snatches you up or like cuts you or whatever and kills people basically. But um, it's supposed to be like a power from God. And I don't know, there's a lot of little lore things going on. I just think that like their relationship is totally worth alone just reading the series because like I said, like there's plenty of, of like chemistry there and also a family that schemes together no, I don't. I don't know how to say it, <laughs> but like they they be scheming, and I like that. I, I like. Um, I just like the execution. Okay, that sounds like a good one to check out for sure. Mm -hmm. it, it's funny because like I think the when I started reading it, it was a combination of the title, Predator's Fiance. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds kind of <laughs> dubious, uh, <laughs> because then like the the cover uh, image uh, for the promo art was like this lady who is like she's wearing a very low cut uh dress that's showing her cleavage and this guy like holding her and it looks like he's like it looks like he he's either like dancing or like holding her like seducing her but also like perfectly posed posed to like also kill her and i'm like oh this looks saucy so definitely seems like a like a harlequin romance novel cover <laughs> right right you see it <laughs> yeah uh, I was like, okay, this got my attention. Why not? And then I'm like, I was pleasantly surprised because it wasn't like, it wasn't as trashy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, there's definitely some series where you're like, is this going to be a good quality romance or is it just going to be smut that I'm going to enjoy? And there's right. like a fine line. <laughs> Sometimes it's both. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you understand. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. <sighs> Well, right. Is there another series that you wanted to recommend, or are we ready to rock and roll with today's content? Um, you know what? Just for you, I'll just go. Through, <laughs> I'll go through my tapas, and then I'll, oh, you know what? Everyone should read *Marriage of Convenience* on tapas. They just recently put up the 18 plus version, so uh, okay, okay, 18 plus. Good. You sold that's, me. That's good. That's Say good. less. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Queen. <laughs> I'm not going to say shit. Just oh, go, no. find a, go find a description now. <laughs> Marriage of Convenience. 
stored in the memory now. <laughs> yeah, although I'll read the description, but then I'll leave it at that. Uh, Bianca de Arno was a ruthless countess in the kingdom of Sevran, infamous for being a wicked and selfish wife. While her husband, Count Zachary de Arno, bravely risked his life on the battlefield. Uh, oh, while her husband did that, uh, she sat at home and spent his money. It wasn't until her final day that Bianca realized the error of her ways. Before she dies, Bianca prays for a second chance, swearing she will do better, and wakes up in her 19-year-old body. With her second chance, Bianca starts to see everything in a new light, starting with her husband. So it's like an arranged marriage thing um, where, like, everything goes to shit because of, like, conspiracies that go on in the background, and she's not really aware. Um, Marin, I don't know if you can hear But after she regresses, she, she's like, all right, I need to do better. I My life was shit. And it was my fault, so I'm gonna do my best to to fix that. And uh, yeah, like it it works out. The art is really beautiful, and I really like the the little slow burn with uh, her kind of, I guess, fixing her marriage because uh, there's a bunch of mi- misunderstandings that get cleared up and shit. And yeah, I don't know. It got spicy uh, when once her and uh, Zachary start getting it on. I'm like, ooh. Ooh la la. <laughs> so the description for Marriage of Convenience goes, Bianca de Arno was a ruthless countess in the kingdom of Severin, infamous for being a wicked and selfish wife. While her husband, Count Zachary de Arno, bravely risked his life out on the battlefield, she sat at home and spent his money. <laughs> it wasn't until her final day that Bianca realized the error of her ways. Before she dies, Bianca prays for a second chance, swearing she will do better, and wakes up in her 19-year-old body. With her second chance, Bianca starts to see everything in a new light, starting with her husband. And you caught me. I'm a filthy regressor lover. What can I do? This trope is so good. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but, um, nah, it, it's, it's... I mean, it's, it's a good thing you like regressors, because we're going to be talking about some. Ooh! <laughs> oh, my God. Just something about, like, people having a second chance. It's like, it, it feels like uh, like the cousin to Isekai which is, like, also what, uh, something I, I read a lot of. But, like, basically, people getting the chance to do stuff over is something that uh, I see it as, like, a form of escapism that's, like, not really as... Actually, I don't know. It might be just as cop-outy as, uh, as, like, just going to a whole other world or whatever. But I enjoy seeing people trying to better themselves. And a lot of regression stories are about that. It's about, like, realizing that you fucked up that you lived your life in a way that was not satisfying at all and acknowledging that and then taking the steps to like prevent that from happening or like doing, doing better by you and by everyone else around you. Uh, it's an attitude that like I, I respect uh, when I see characters acting like that. Uh, I think it's satisfying. So yeah, B- uh, Bianca is like, she's a good main character. Uh, she starts off really like prissy and like really stuck up and you see what happens to her. You see that, like, um, basically, like, Zachary dies in war because uh, he's always like, always gone. Uh, and she, like, I think she falls in love with some shitty bard or whatever who it turns out he was actually, like, I think he was, like, conning her, basically. Uh, he, he just knew that she was, like, this rich noble. And, and he was just like, oh, yeah, let me take advantage of her. And then, uh, but she didn't know that. And she she basically, like, gave him her heart and i'm just like girl could have done better zachary is right there and then she realizes that when she comes back and she's like oh you know what 
all this time, I thought Zachary Cree didn't care about me. He he never he never touched me. He never uh, betted me. And it was because like, well, yeah, because you were engaged since you were like a teenager, and he finds that weird. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm trying to respect you. I'm not trying to like put a hand on you when you're like underage and shit. And it, shit like that happens, you know. It's just, there's misunderstandings that get uh, cleared up over time, and eventually when they do um, end up doing the deed, it's like, oh, baby, finally, it's, and it's like. <laughs> the chemistry was there it's just that uh it kind of suck at communicating and once they do it's like oh good it's that messy build up you come to expect from romance true <laughs> true true the uh i mean as far as regressor stories i think something that people really em- uh, empathize with them for is that everyone wishes that they could go back and fix something in their life like everyone there's something that we've done differently or a mistake we made that we wish we could fix. And we can't actually do that, but these stories can. True. And uh, yeah, that's definitely the appeal. It's, it's just like, uh, I think the first one that I really read was The Abandoned Empress, which was like, if you've read the volume one of that, is this shit is fucking nuts. It has the most fucked up backstory I've probably seen out of all, all the manhwa I've read. Because it did read that first volume. It's crazy, right? Like, how, yeah. how do these authors come up with this kind of shit? It's insane to me. But uh, yeah, at, at some point, like, <laughs> I don't want to call it like tragedy porn, but like, <laughs> kind of leaning into that territory. But there's something about like characters when they they come out of adversity and they just say like, no more, or like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write this and make sure that it never happens again or like other people have to go through this kind of shit. Like I respect that. Hmm. I mean, it sounds interesting. Um, I definitely be interested to read more of it. The, as well as I still want to read more of the abandoned Empress. I'm kind of disappointed that I like hadn't read more after the first volume. Oh, I finished um, it. The um, stories are definitely interesting. I finished it. I think it's, if you enjoy it, it's, it's worth reading more. I had my own complicated feelings over time because of some stuff that happens. There's like three male leads. And you don't really know who she's going to pick till like, probably, like, halfway through. And initially, I was like, mm, okay, let's see where this goes. And then um, I was satisfied by the end. I was like, all right, you know what? You got it. You got it. Good stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I won't say anything. That's kind of how I feel about this one series I've been reading on Monte. It's, uh, let me pull up the actual title. What is it? Comes out on Mondays. Um, oh, rewriting my dark past. That one also had like three male leads, and you had to you didn't know which one she was gonna pick until at least halfway through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still ongoing. So who knows if it's halfway? But rewriting yeah. my dark past. Okay, <laughs> interesting. I will add that to the list. Just so just so we have something else to talk about. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I guess uh, we can jump in now to omniscient readers viewpoint oh my god yes what this we're here is, for today <laughs> this is insane to me because i thought the boxer was like my favorite thing that we've read since we started this and then here <laughs> you comes setting the bar higher for yourself <laughs> here comes orv and i'm just like god damn <laughs> author you are oh, you're so good so uh yeah omniscient readers viewpoint it's adapted by umi of redi studio the art is by sleepy c and the original story is by Singing Song. Singing Song, that's a nice name. 
the series is still ongoing and it has 179 episodes. Uh, new episodes come out every Wednesday on Webtoon, the app, Webtoon Capital W. Uh, oh, for physical collectors, Volume 1 will be released on December 12th. Um, if you're going to Anime NYC, you can snag an early copy there. Uh, <laughs> they already had uh, a little sample like at their booth at near Comic-Con, but it wasn't for sale. It was just to show people that like, hey, it's coming. And yeah, uh, if you like Omniscient Reader's Viewpoint, we would also recommend you to check out World After the Fall, which is uh, it's by the same novelist. And it's also available both on Webtoon and Icepress. So, yeah. Uh, one more thing that came up actually today, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. I, whichever day I sent it to you, I think it was yesterday or today. It was like two days. Um, there was a movie announced with the potential for a series. And that wasn't just a social media post, by the way. I did verify it. <laughs> um, but it has a, a pretty big casting. And it's been kind of like received with the uh, mixed reception. But one of the cast members is from the K-pop band Blackpink, uh, Jisoo. Jisoo. So that'll that'll be interesting. Um, Wait, is that Minho from Shiny? I don't know. Wait, hold on. Am I, hold on. <laughs> But filming is due to begin in December. And if it succeeds well, they're hoping to make it like a series of films. Which they would have to, because this is a very long series. Yo, I think that might be him. Oh, no, sorry. I'm wrong. That's uh, Choi Minho. The, the other guy's Lee Minho. Sorry. But, uh, but yeah, this is this is cool. Honestly, I was not expecting that. But uh, I'm happy for it. Um, yo, more ORV content? Why not? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Feed it Whatever they want to give us. <laughs> Give it to me through a nasal gastric tube. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, uh, having a, a live action drama is a really interesting choice. Especially because there's there's fantastical elements, but like, they can work it out. I mean, the real question will be, will we be able to access it stateside? That's, True. That's what I need to know. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, we got to start looking for that uh, ExpressVPN sponsor. <laughs> Oh, Put man. this up with the other K drama and K film adaptations. True. Oh man. But uh, yeah, adaptation in the works—that's awesome. I could totally see this getting an anime too. It's just a matter of time. This shit is, this shit is gold. I'm telling you right now, like it's one of the best stories I've ever read. The art definitely lends itself for a, an anime adaptation at some point. It's yeah, very like gorgeous, much like Soul Leveling is, and it has a very similar vibe. Every Redice Studio action series feels like they come out, it's like cut from the same cloth, basically. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. Like, they do they do what they do well, so. Um, yeah. The, I guess a summary of the series, uh, Kim Dokja, which the name literally means reader, <laughs> Uh, he he was an average office worker whose sole interest was reading his favorite web novel, Three Ways to Survive the Apocalypse. But when the novel suddenly becomes a reality, he is the only person who knows how the world will end. Armed with this realization, Dokja uses his understanding to change the course of the story and the world as he knows it. Basically, it's like it's a story about many things. One of them including a regressor by the name of Joo Hyun. And, or sorry, Joo Hyun. He's like if, uh, <laughs> he's like if Jotaro Kujo from uh, Joseph's Bizarre Adventure was like, stay, stayed up for like 56 hours uh, 
He's just only running on like coffee. He's like super grumpy all the fucking time. And he's just constantly like, threatening to kill you. Constantly threatening <laughs> to kill you. He's just so over it. Um, he has regressed uh, a bunch of times, and like the premise of the story is pretty like just messed up. It's about like these, I guess, constellations and like higher powers, basically. That a lot of them are based off of um, myths, stories, legends, and uh, it's it's kind of like. They're watching they're playing a game with humanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, they're betting on their horses in a race. Yeah, it's like turning everything into like like if Battle Royale was like it had spectator mode. <laughs> and like these higher people are just like eating popcorn and like making bets, throwing coins and like trying to see like, oh, who will survive? And then, you know, hedging your bets and shit. It's it's actually a premise that I've seen done multiple times i didn't realize that this was probably among the earlier ones to do it uh there's actually a series that i i enjoyed but it's like way more like i guess edgy like upfront about being like oh yeah we're just the edgy cousin <laughs> it's called um return to player i think it's on webtoon uh but it's literally it's literally orv but it's like it's not based on an all or it's not the 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 premise it doesn't include like a novel um but it has a regressor it has uh these constellations and like um like gods and powers and stuff that are like just uh like viewing like all the bad shit that humanity is going through through like some kind of celestial streaming service <laughs> and like yeah i don't know it's it's interesting but orv did it better because it did it first i, I had to say it. <laughs> This shit is so goaded, man. I, I I really like. I'm gonna. You're gonna hear a lot of me repeating myself. <laughs> Just a fair warning. It's totally fine. I mean, I I really enjoyed this series. It did take me longer than I would have liked to read it, but I feel I also feel like the episodes were a lot more text heavy and longer than like a lot of uh, manhwa series. They are pretty tense, so, especially yeah, early on. Like there's a lot to get through. There's a huge cast of characters. We're definitely not going to touch on all of them by no. any stretch of the imagination today. But um, there's so much to keep track of and understand as the series progresses that it's worth taking the time to slow down on. Yeah. It's almost like three ways to survive the apocalypse or TWSA <laughs> is 3,149 episodes. <laughs> and as, as we said in our special episode um, that we recorded previously, I want to read that as well, that web novel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> give me that spinoff content. <laughs> give me, yeah, author, give me, give me those whole 3,000 episodes. Gotcha. Cannot be the only person to read to the end. I'll read it to the end. Same, same, same. <laughs> give same. me, give me my one piece. <laughs> like, so true. Oh my God. So yeah, the TWSA is like a web novel uh, published by some user called TLS123. And basically like, it's really dense. It's really like, Something about the prose is like people hate reading it. It's like, oh, this shit kind of sucks. Or like, I think the first episode or the first episode on the on the site that it was published had like, was it like five hundred or three hundred views or something? And then like over yeah, something high, and then and it then, kept dipping down, and then by like fifty or so, it was like two people. Yeah, and the last one caught off at like ninety nine. Yeah. So it's it's you could track you could see like how many people actually read this story and like engaged with it and just like falling off over time. But Dokja 
um, really loves the story. It's something that like got him through probably the worst part of his life where his mother was, I guess, retaliating against, uh, was it his father that like, there was like domestic abuse going on and yeah, she, she ended he, up, uh, yeah. Yeah. Him. She ended up murdering him and, uh, going to prison. And of course, like Doge is a child and doesn't really quite understand the whole situation at the same time. But then he's also getting like horribly bullied in school for being a murderer's son mm-hmm. and things like that. So the series really kind of carried him through his trauma and then his later like loner adult life as well. Right. Um, but like as far as the actual series itself and like people dropping off, there's there's different points throughout the series where Dokja gives us like hints about things that he read in the series and why people might have dropped off, but mm-hmm. it was also useful for him in reality as the, the show or not show the series goes on. Yeah. Like if there's one example where he says there's a whole chapter about um like how to prepare this monster meat and like how delicious it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so let's still read it. it. His 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 knowledge is really funny because then like the other people who also read the the web novel um so they're like this this is basically a, a post-apocalyptic event where like the whole world is changing under the influence of like these supernatural beings and and higher powers and shit um but the people who have read the story uh few as they may be like uh they have some kind of some kind of edge in it right and uh some of them uh, call themselves the prophets, I guess. Um, and the first one among them is the one, the other, the whole sole other person to get to like chapter 50, I think. Um, the, the one who ends up, I think, stopping around 99. But the thing is that like, <laughs> she's one of the funniest characters. Um, her name <laughs> is... Quote unquote plagiarist. Yeah, her, her name is uh, Su Young Han. And she basically like took the parts that she liked from that story and just publish her own web novel. <laughs> and it's just it's so shamelessly, too. It's just, like, literally, it's like... It's, like, exactly the same. <laughs> and, um... And, and yeah. Meanwhile, she calls TWSA trash. Though, trash. Like, like, <laughs> <series>. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, but, you know, Dogja picks up on that. And he ends up putting together the fact that, um, one, that she plagiarized it. Two... Uh, what series it was plagiarized into because he, he reads, he's an average reader and he reads, he ended up reading that and was like, this is just shittier TWSA. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I don't know. that. So these prophets like end up using their knowledge of, of the future, the events that go on to like kind of manipulate events and get other people on their side. So some of the events that, that are happening because context main character of twsa is jung hyuk yu the regressor he regresses multiple times to the point where like his his body and his mind are like battered and like he'd be going through it because he he breaks down psychologically like there's just a lot to go through because you know he can't save everyone uh whenever he dies it's like at the lowest point of his life um sometimes he gets to different scenarios separate different parts of uh this apocalyptic event going on. And uh, so what life is this? Is this his third or second life? It would be the third. Um, But I guess before we get too far into that, we should kind of set up how the story begins a little bit. Oh, true. Um, So, so Dokja, uh, he's 
riding the like the public transit home from work one day and his co-worker Sanga is also on there with him and he's reading the last chapter of TWSA like the very last oh, yeah. complete end and then once he finishes it he gets an email from the author saying like thank you for reading and um it's like a copy of the novel in his email mm-hmm. like the complete novel because it's going to be behind a paywall now and then within minutes <laughs> the novel is taken down from the site that he was on and the scenarios in the novel become real and he has to navigate the three ways to survive the apocalypse because he's in it <laughs> yep so yeah i mean jenyarki doesn't uh come in until a little bit late in the first scenario yeah i want to say like 20 chapters or something navigation. yeah but i mean like kind of it's interesting so one of the things that dr says really oh. early on um this was like a quote i wrote down because i actually really liked it um it said if one thing was certain it's that the genre of my life is nonfiction, and in this genre, I'm no, I'm not a protagonist. I'm merely a reader. But he is very much the protagonist of the series. Like Jim Yaku is not the protagonist anymore. No, I love him so much, dude. He is so like us. He is totally a reader, and like <laughs> the fact that <laughs> I, I, I honestly feel so bad um, whenever he goes through like some tragic stuff, or like we, we get reminded of uh, some of the stuff that he goes through. Because so many times throughout the story, um, he feels personally like it, it's not his choice to like intervene or like to, I guess, influence the events in a certain way. Um, he wants to make sure that like they follow the story along to a certain extent, as long as like the people that he ends up meeting and caring about like aren't in danger. And like he has a lot of empathy, uh, and it shows. And it's some. I feel like that's something that uh as a main character it really it really it really helps to have someone like that because uh jun hyuk jun hyuk you jun hyuk you i'm just going to call him jhy or some shit cuz i think that's what <laughs> that's what the the comments call him right yeah fair enough <laughs> but uh or i'll call him jh uh i don't know the, not to be confused with jh of the boxer true <laughs> i i don't know dokja is but honestly, I just I, I admire him as a character, um, as someone who has also felt like maybe not the the protagonist of my own story. Um, like uh, there's a lot of times where I kind of like put myself to the side for like a supporting role when it comes to other people in my life. And I don't know, it's, it's tough sometimes uh, the way that people live their lives. Um, Sometimes, depending on who you are, you might just act a certain way or uh, change how you act to maybe not rock the boat or to make sure that uh, things happen the way that uh, you want them to. And for that reason, you might just neglect yourself. And whenever other people catch uh, Dokja neglecting himself, uh, especially like the people that he saved and uh, like made a huge impact on, they go out of their way to remind him that, like, hey, you matter too. You you have to like look out for yourself, and that kind of like camaraderie, that kind of sense of um, empathy being like reciprocated, is something that really touches me. That's something that like I really appreciate because when when you have characters like that, that's when you start to see um, 
uh, I guess, like, growth coming for those kind of characters. When when they have that kind of, like, self-actualization moment where it's like, oh, yeah, I do matter just as much as everyone else. And it's, it's healthy. It's something that, like, more people need to see because it took me a long time to, to reach that point. Uh, I think now I'm, I'm way... I would call myself um, more healthy, like mentally and stuff and emotionally. Yeah. And like Dokja, it, it took him a while too, but I think he's getting there. And I just really like him a lot. I feel like he's one of the most relatable characters ever. And it, if not for him, this story would be so tragic, so sad, so depressing. And like, yeah, it, it'd be fucking rough, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's still pretty some like pretty depressing parts um, throughout the series, but also there's also some uh, parts where Dokja really doesn't give any fucks about people. He's <laughs> such a fucking goat. Can I? As can soon I? As he loses that king of no killing title. Let me just destroy an entire room. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Oh man, can I skip around? Can I skip around? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. One of my favorite characters um, was Yusung the the catastrophe of floods uh she's like a beast tamer and she's like this young girl that he ends up saving uh because he knows that she's going to be important to the story but also because um he wants to change her story um she goes through so much tragedy and he does his best to like try to intervene in that and every time that he like makes an impactful moment happen that uh, revolving around her and she like notices that like because she's alone. She's like, she's orphaned. She's like trying to survive by herself. And uh, like, she has this power and stuff. But she like, had to kill her dog. She had to kill her dog. Dude. It's so oh, fun. She's like, dog. she's like, what, like eight years old or some shit? Or nine? Yeah. I don't know. But like, it's, oh my God, it's so sad. But um, Doksha is always there to like support her emotionally. And like, honestly, this could have gone so bad in like so many different ways. This could have looked like grooming. It could have looked like predatory. It could have looked like a lot of really bad things. But Dokja is just there to like help foster her um, her emotional, mental uh, well being, her growth, um, to make sure that like she she grows up to be like a good person, and it shows. And like some of the lessons that he like imparts to her are same similar things that he's also imparted to uh, the other young character, uh, Gil Young. Who is like he's kind of like a kind of like a quiet boy who's who likes insects and uh, he ends up being like an insect tamer, but um, no nah, man it's just there oh man they, oh. when he saves her life when he like uh, when he tells her like it's okay to live and it's also like don't worry about uh, all this shit going on because I'm gonna protect you and I'm just like yeah man because <laughs> this little girl like needs that like dude you're you're doing such a big thing it's it's good. Well, I mean, it's very much like, yes, that catastrophe is you, but it's not the you that's here now. It's the 41st version of you. Right. And that is Joan Kyok's fault. I'm going to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> so so there was like a, a, a situation, like like you said, like in the 41st res- regression that, that Joon Hyuk goes through, um, Young ends up becoming like a villain or like a, you know, like a like an evil character that they have to kill because basically she was abandoned by Junhyuk in order to further his goal or his objective in whatever timeline it was. And 
she was basically like her soul was like roaming through like purgatory or some shit for like 400 500 years and ends up like becoming like a monster and then is like summoned as as a catastrophe as a, a being that will bring like destruction basically to try to i guess destroy the world but uh all of Seoul at least all of Se- yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah and, and so young as a kid like sees this happening he's like is that me is that is that really me and he's like yes but it's also not like you are you that is also Su Young, but it's not the one you are. And like, that's also an important lesson. Like, uh, she, he's like, uh, he's given her like a like a crash course on like self actualization, like how that works. Like, um, you are who you want to be. You are who you make yourself, not necessarily what other people make you out to be. And as a person, as someone with like free will and emotions, you can choose what you want to be. You can choose how you want to show yourself to the world, how to, how to, what impact you're going to make on the world. And like, it's so, it's so special. I just, I love this guy. The, the relationship he has with both of the children that are in like the main cast is is really sweet um with Gil young he's with him a lot longer actually from the beginning mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of times where like Gil young is very mature for his age and very realistic about the situation and the scenarios that yeah. they're in um like he frequently is like oh you need me to kill the guy i'll go kill the guy <laughs> and, and, and he's just like gil young you're six years old relax yeah go calm down buddy go, go catch some more <laughs> bugs and talk to them like relax yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like the way that he he handles and works with him yes. but also doesn't talk down to him is very yeah funny. he he doesn't talk down to them for being children like he he acknowledges that like yeah you're kids but you're also like you're not stupid I'm not gonna. They're both also in like the top ten players in the world. <laughs> right, right. They have powers and in soul. <laughs> I just want to kiss Doja. There, I, I said it. I said it. So we all. He's he's so nice, and you know he's not as ugly as everyone says he is. So people think he's ugly. <laughs> we find this out like 170 chapters or something later. But like because of his power, because of the fact that he has read every chapter of of Three Ways to Survive the Apocalypse. His power is like, uh, isn't it called Omniscient Reader or like? Uh, he has a few different powers, but Omniscient Reader is one of them. Um, he also has Fourth Wall and Bookmark. Oh yeah. And later he he gains lie detection. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how long that one took. But uh, <laughs> Omniscient Reader basically allows him to like go through his little email that has like every chapter and like yo. <laughs> Oh my god! But basically, like he he gets to like go through his bank of memory of like everything that he's ever read, and uh, to in order to, to like see his memory of the different passages and things, right? Like that. And it also like it affects like his level, I guess, of immersion of uh, understanding uh, of characters and stuff. And whenever he does, he can actually he bookmarks a character, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, he can he can bookmark somebody that he has great understanding of and then use their abilities. Right. But at first, he can only do that with three people, and then later it becomes five. Yeah, so it grows over time. But, yeah, I, it's such a cool power, especially as, like, someone who is also... We're both, like, voracious readers. We, If you had a power that, like... <laughs> 
that was like this, where it's just like you could get the powers of of characters that you you love that you just read so much of that you understand. Wouldn't that be so sick? I, it would. I would never thought of that as like a superpower, but I was like, you know what? That's like cheating, but it's like the best power. <laughs> well, and then like omniscient reader also allows him. Um, to, when he's dead to uh, go that? into the bodies of people that are thinking about him mm-hmm. or like go in their vicinity um if he doesn't want to kind of possess them yeah i think i thought that was funny every time <laughs> she's I'm like a little I, I, yeah oh go ahead go ahead this no, is no, later no. so oh no no i was gonna say like i always thought it was funny when uh because isn't the first time that happens like he he possesses a uh, junhyuk and then yeah it, it it wasn't it was until after the fact I think after like his second death that he realizes like oh I possess it's not, it's not Junkyuk I possess it's just people thinking of me and then he's just like so Junkyuk was thinking of me and <laughs> yes I love Their that romance is so great I love how like everyone in the comments is just shipping the two of them constantly happens constantly <laughs> I'm one of them <laughs> yes oh the uh, what I was gonna say is uh, Dokta's other ability uh, fourth wall. Like for oh, a lot of yeah. the series, it was kind of just like, oh, that's interesting. It like it'll if the boundary between reality and this story, it, it'll like shake the fourth wall depending on how it goes, or yeah. like it's violently, or like you recognize that there is a fourth wall, or the fourth wall is barely there. Like the different pop ups. Yeah. Um. But in the most recent kind of episodes, which I think are still behind the paid wall, the fourth wall is a little scary now. Thanks. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, th- I, I, that interaction that he had with his mother, who, you know, murdered his father and stuff, like, their relationship is not the best. Uh, but, uh, that was, like, the first time we really see the, the fourth wall skill kind of, like, not really amounting to much. Because in the, fa- in the face of, like, his mother, that's, like, the one presence in his life that he feels he has, like, no control over. So clearly he feels like, there's nothing he can really do. So that feeling of the fourth wall of like something separating him and the people around him uh, is like completely shattered. And for, for someone who's like, he's someone who who's like going through his trauma, trying to process it. and doesn't really understand how to move past it. Seeing that part of the story, I thought was really good because essentially it's kind of like what Junhyuk is supposed to be doing. Uh, like throughout his regressions, it's just like, yeah, he goes through tragedy. You're supposed to get stronger through it, right? But uh, it's not always that easy. So when uh, Dokja is going through basically the same thing, is like, oh, what a nice parallel. Yeah, the couple tangents on that. So um, for his mother, I guess one thing that we should clarify is that his mother is not a reader of the series, nor no. is she a character in the book. But she has made it really far and is really powerful in the series because Dokja has told her just about everything he had read from the series. And she's just kind of remembered and internalized it um, and has masqueraded herself as the king of wanderers and takes care of one of the catastrophes and everything. Um, so her whole thing, uh, the character is so youngly. She's very mysterious. She's very much not a their parent <laughs> um, she exists in Dokja's life whether he wants her to or not but she is not really a great person nope. and I don't I don't really feel like she was a great person before all the domestic abuse either just from the little bits uh, that we got nope 
Um, but I'm interested to know, um, there's a one point where she becomes a captive of Moibus Nirvana, the reincarnator, and she tells him something about Dokja, and that hasn't been revealed yet, so I'm really curious what that's about. But as far as um, you're mentioning Jung Yaku and uh, his regression and the way that Dokja uh, empathizes with him as well and kind of connects to different people, there's a really powerful moment where he basically talks Jung Yaku off of a ledge because he's about to just like all oh, just regress and reset everything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of selfish on Dokja's part and to an extent because he doesn't know what will happen to him as not a character in the story if Jung Yaku uh, regresses. But at the same time, like it's very humane and honest the way he speaks to him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually want him to go kill himself. Yeah, and it's also um, it's inspiring also because uh, he, uh, Jun Hyuk ended up seeing him end up leaning on his regression as like a crutch, as like okay, this is too hard, I can't do this. Therefore, I'm going to use this to to take the easy way out, right? Dokja is someone who like objects to that, and he's like, "Have you absolutely done everything you possibly could have?" in order to, to say that you really had no other option. Because at the end of the day, you were strong, you were saving people, and you, even even if like you're going through so much suffering, and I understand because you're a regressor, um, or you, you are regressing, um, that there are things that you've seen that or know that I know that I haven't, and I don't know. But um, I don't know. It, his approach, Dokja's approach to Junghyuk is like, it's rooted in empathy. It's rooted in like understanding and like acknowledging the hardships that he's gone through, but like letting him know that also that like this doesn't mean that you can just half-ass things. Like if you're if you're truly like driven about your goals and like aiming to do something, but then like like. He has to try. Yeah. At least try. Yeah, don't half-ass it. Like, make sure that you've done everything you can. Because the thing is that, like, that, what really speaks to me is that whole attitude that he had with uh, Suyang. Um, the fact that, like, he ended up abandoning Suyang for, like, uh, I forgot what the exact reason was. But basically, uh, she she couldn't, like, move on with, with him. Or maybe maybe they died or some shit, and he ended up going back and, and took a different path. And then uh, in this new timeline, he treated Suyong differently. Um, Do you mean you, uh, Yu Song? Yu Song, I'm sorry. <laughs> Suyong is okay. The, a lot of their names are very similar in this series. Like, there's like one difference in the spelling of his mother's name and the plagiarist name. <laughs> right. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oops, I said Suyong. Got it. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I don't know. It's complicated, but in a good way. I, li- I, I, I think, mean, I, yeah. I think the relationship develops really well between them, um, as far as being able to save each other at different points, and then eventually become very confident in like what to expect from the other. Yep, it's funny like, because they both they uh, both Jung use Yaku, each other. Yeah, well, like Jung Yak, you, um, he knew that. Dokja wasn't actually dead when he'd been dead for like a week. He's right. Like, no, he's not dead. <laughs> Calm down, guys. <laughs> He'll be back. 
I love that. And then, up. All, all the comments were like, oh, he knows his boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of the comments, I would be absolutely disappointed in myself if I didn't mention top commenter for at least like half the series, Lazy Broke Weeb carried me through that <laughs> comment. I oh absolutely God. love the Lazy Broke Weeb because they they just like embody themselves as a constellation. And the fact that they added like amount of coins that they were um <laughs> to, this, to the stream each time was even greater especially it it, something like it's so fitting oh, go ahead. it's so fitting because like the these uh constellations in the series they use coins as like a form of currency um and they give they like hand them out like uh like tips basically to these the incarnations or the humans who are like playing this game for them and uh <laughs> lazy broke weave is always like lazy broke weave has donated uh seven coins <laughs> or some shit <laughs> Uh, they're very they're very satisfied with the events that pass, happening right now or some shit. It, it's cute. It's funny. It's something about like um, comment culture when uh, whenever they adopt mannerisms and like stuff related to whatever stuff that they're reading. I think it's really cute. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's a there's also a lot of really cool constellations in the series itself, not just the ones that have been adopted by the commenters. Um, I'm really curious. I have to know if the constellation master of December 25th is Santa. Like, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Santa or Jesus. Or no, it can't be. It can't be Jesus. It can't be Jesus because uh, what is it? The the nebula of uh, I forgot what it's Eden. called. Eden. Yeah, Eden. So that's where the stuff related to to Christianity is at. But I, I thought that's what the Master of December 25th was from. Was it is? Yes. Oh, then it's, it's, that is definitely Jesus. But it's Santa. St. <laughs> Nicholas? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I don't know. Never know, I guess. Oh, what Uriel is uh, is also a shipper. <laughs> the angel Uriel. Yes. And she's, she's, and, she is uh, the first one to really bring in the idea of uh, uh, Dokja X Junhyuk. And then other characters like the... I forgot her name, but the the naval officer girl. Oh, um, Jihei. Jihei, yeah. Jihei Lee. She's like this teenager who ends up seeing like the relationship between um, Jun Hyuk and and Dokja and the way that they kind of treat each other. And every time like she sees them interact, she just looks back, and it's like <laughs> it's like a mixture of the of of the guy like looking back at the girl and also like the the question mark guy where he's just like <laughs> he's like gay <laughs> gay <laughs> i like that they're in like matching coats as well but like one's black and one's white yes oh my god <laughs> so great um yeah i mean there's a lot of really cool constellations um like the the prisoner of the golden headband is sung wukong, Sun wukong. Um, he's sexy too there's I don't remember the constellation name she uses, but Persephone is a, a major constellation character throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, we see her many times. As uh, we hear, like a lot from a lot of the Olympian gods as well. Like uh, Dionysus makes an appearance quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he shows up as a wine glass, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, you couldn't possibly comprehend my real form; you would die. And which is like true. Yeah, that's, the, that's a thing. That's uh, a Greek thing. With yeah. the constellation banquet, um, they. They like the different constellations have to appear like some sort of item, at least on the historical floor, so that the incarnations visiting 
don't just kind of like die from being in their presence. <laughs> Literally. That was a thing in like Greek uh lore too, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh yeah. Um there's a lot of characters that weren't in the story and they aren't prophets, but still exist oh, yeah, in that the world because they becoming, the scenarios. Mm-hmm. They, they end up becoming yeah, like so, major players. Yeah, so like one of them we mentioned earlier is Sangha Yu. Um, she is Dokja's co-worker, and she has the backing of Olympus as her supporting constellation, um, or at least a few members of Olympus. It's not quite clear who is everybody on her side right now, although at least one of them was just revealed in the most recent episode. Right. Um, then there's also, let's see, uh, Hui Wong Jung. And she was a girl who got like poisoned and she's a powerful swordsman with like demon slayer abilities. <laughs> but she uh She wasn't in the story. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't in the story, and she finds out very early on um that Dokja knows a lot more about this world than he's letting on and keeps it a secret and just kind of rolls with it. Yeah. Um I'm also a fan of uh the the little side switch that Pildu Gong had, where originally he was a formal landlord, uh, he has like this militarized zone ability, where it's like whatever area he's controlling, he can like summon these like uh, like little like rockets, tanks, guns, etc. from like the floor, and it's like defending his like space. Uh, it's it's funny because like that literally sounds like like he was he was a, he was a villain originally, I think. Um, I forgot what the title was that he got, but uh, I thought it was funny because this is literally the kind of power that a, a landlord would have <laughs> to like get down any people who who's like, oh, you're trying to you're trying to run out on rent. <laughs> <laughs> Just literally forces them out of this space. <laughs> literally. Um, yeah. He's yeah. a pretty interesting person. Um, the uh, we can't forget to talk about the dokebi um oh yeah which are these kind of like not quite demon but not quite goblin either i don't know how to explain them yeah really. the word means like goblin but they're more like spirits kind of they're kind of like uh like yokai sort of um where they're like a supernatural entity but they essentially work as like familiars or like uh servants to the constellations um, they're the and ones they're stream influencers. True, <laughs> but they also have control over sub scenarios. They can make the incarnations do things between the different main scenarios. Right, they can affect the scenarios in certain ways, but they also there are penalties for that depending on if they kind of interfere too much um, and it's noticeable, then the constellations will retaliate. Yeah, the, their interference is based on a system um, called plausibility, which is really interesting. And then later on, they change that to the word probability, like three quarters yeah, three quarters of the way through the current episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting, and there's absolutely consequences for fighting against plausibility. Um, sometimes there's ways to bend plausibility, and like for example, uh, constellations aren't supposed to interfere at all with this world um but if there's a event called dramatization that's when um two different or not necessarily two but different incarnations that have supporting constellations that they're very in tune with had a historical event and they interact with each other 
um, the constellations kind of embody their incarnations and recreate the event. So like at one point, they uh, recreate the naval battle. The or I think it was the naval battle. They do two different ones. There's one for the naval battle, and then there's one for the battle of Huangsambol, which I'm not very familiar with. Um, but they were kind of recreating history with that through the constellations, and that was a suspension of plausibility. Right. Yeah, I thought that was cool, especially because I think that was one of the early uh, arcs, I guess, where Jihei got to shine, um, because her constellation is. Uh, that that one naval commander who was part of that that whole confrontation. Um, I don't know much about Korean history at all, but it's cool. I feel like um, something about fictional series that use like mythology and like legends and stuff like that, um, kind of like similar to like FGO or like weird Google Street Dogs shit like that, where like they use, uh, I guess like semi-historical fiction some some of it is dramatized for for the sake of uh, entertainment but I, I i don't know i find that kind of stuff entertaining especially when it's like oh yeah these historical figures have powers <laughs> yeah definitely um were there any other characters that kind of really stood out to you throughout the series i know one that um i thought was interesting was asuka ren who was a japanese creator um mm-hmm. that she knew a lot about the world because she had created peace land which is one of the areas they go to for one of their scenarios yeah um, that the the author kind of like adopted into twsa yeah i thought that was interesting too especially the fact that like the author was like paying attention to stuff that's not just in korea and the fact that this author also like was was able to survive long enough to to see this scenario, I thought was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of characters. Um, honestly, I wonder if we'll get more with like with the guides. Um, so we had we interacted with two of the five guides of Kronos that they mentioned, um, Lycaon of Immuntar and and Tinas the Parasite Queen. But they said that there's five of like these heroes of Kronos that are the guides. They're supposed to help incarnations throughout this world. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if we'll ever get to the other three. We might. I feel like there's a chance. Um, something I noticed uh, from the most recent chapter was that, like, I think uh, episode 179, was that the one that just came out? Um, yeah, today. So I think, like, the second top comment was, like, this was, like, chapter 155 of the web novel out of, like, 500 something which is like it's interesting like we we still have a lot to go in terms of the story but uh with the way that this story is structured you can really just do anything and we already have like a ton of characters but we're definitely going to get a ton more just because there's just there's just so much to tell and i feel like in terms of i guess world building and like uh setting the the scenarios and stuff like there's just so much you could do especially when you have all of these different constellations from like around the world and so many stories to tell part of what makes well yeah i was gonna say also the ability to become a constellation yourself as uh dokja is learning he's one story away <laughs> yeah. and he's already got an incarnation of his own yeah so he sponsored um your song right <laughs> yes Yusung. He, he sponsored Yusung as like, he's like, I'll be your constellation. You don't gotta, you don't gotta trust these weirdos. <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, like now he's he's getting strong enough to be able to back those words up. I'm like, that's so cool. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this whole series is just really interesting and really well developed. There's a lot to get lost on. There's a ton of world building. We haven't even covered like a third of everything that happened. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the scenarios themselves. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we there's, will. There's so much that goes on, um, and. It, it's definitely something I mean, we have like spoiled a few things here or there, but it's there's so much that we haven't even just like yeah grazed the the top of. Uh, there's I, something for mm-hmm. everybody to love in that series. In a way, this shit is kind of like JoJo's, where it's like you can just make up shit and it will probably happen, or it, maybe it did. <laughs> and <laughs> it makes like, sense somehow. <laughs> or like maybe those spoilers are so absurd you won't even believe they're spoilers, right? Absolutely. You know, all you got to post is like a picture of Doke just smirking and I'll believe it. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, he read it. It'll happen. <laughs> oh, man. I think. Um, oh, I, I forgot about to talk about um, Hyunsung Lee, the, the guy who was a, like a former soldier. Yes. Um, he's really cool. He's like the honorable type who's also like he's like, kind of like a cool bara where he's really stupid. Uh, he's kind of more like the brawn, and he needs a lot of confidence building at the at the very yeah beginning. yeah. He has like no real confidence that he has to build that up over time. Um, I think he's cool. I, I, it's interesting that like when you get that kind of character trait where it's like oh the the muscle guy the 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 guy who's kind of dumb but he's still emotional. Yeah, he's he's like emotionally honest though, and he's like aware too that uh, he might not be, like, the sharpest tool in the shed, but uh, he knows that he has, like, some shit to go through. And whenever uh, Dokja or even um, Huiwan, when she talks to him, uh, to try to, like, help him acknowledge the fact that, like, he's made progress, he's, like, done a lot, and he's also saved a lot of lives. Maybe you might not be personally satisfied with your progress, but you gotta... You still have to acknowledge that it's there and that you are growing and you're also... There are ways for you to continue growing. Just you just have to keep at it, and that kind of attitude is something that I feel a lot of characters kind of like develop that over time. And you kind of have to in a world like this, where it's just so much strife and so much um, fucked up shit going on. Um, if you don't have that kind of attitude, you're you're not going to survive. Well, I think that um, Hyung San is very much like the character you. Uh, the type of character you were describing earlier that um, realizes Dokja is not really taking care of himself, and he definitely will speak out about that. Like, yep. I think there's one point where he physically tells Dokja that, hey, you've been up for, like, 48 hours, buddy. We'll keep watch. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the idea of him becoming Steel uh, yeah. is, is very interesting as well, because it's it's hardening his, his confidence as well as... His, his resolve. Face. Yeah. Yeah. Him, uh, it's funny too because he's like, he he's basically turning into like a human weapon, but also like a shield, um, and then that's like perfect for his role as like a he's like a tanker, but he's also like he's a sturdy presence that um people can rely on. He's a good man. Yeah, I like that they use uh, Hyung Sung and Pildu Gong as like just their tanks. Just like, yeah, hey, guys, go put up your shields and your defenses. We're good. <laughs> Pildu was cool, too, because, like, once he became, like, a good guy, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, because your power is actually pretty cool. <laughs> he kind of just gets, like, manipulated by, by Dokja, 
when it's time to kind of like band together in order to fight other factions in like Seoul. Um, I mean, he doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, he's forced. That's what. I'm yeah, Dr. makes a, an agreement, a contract with uh, Piljigong's constell- supporting constellation and basically says like, hey, I'll give you X amount of coins or whatever as long as you give me full control over Pildu. <laughs> and, like, yeah. it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, he'll just tell him, like, sit, stay, like, as if he's a dog. <laughs> because he, he just, like, he's being horrible. And then eventually he just kind of, like, accepts his fate. And he spends a lot of time with Sangha, like, defending the train station they're at for that scenario. And really just kind of, like, eases up. But he really becomes friendly in the Peace Land arc. So I think that's just because they like worshipped him a little bit there, but <laughs> yeah, that was dope though. Uh, when when like Pildu is is like realizing like, yeah, I'm actually pretty good. Like <laughs> I'm pretty strong and shit because uh, he feels like a what is it called like a like a frog in a in a well or whatever. Uh, when it comes to comparing himself with to like Junghyuk and Dove just beats and shit, but then like when he realized like he can be useful and and also people are happy and care about his contributions and stuff, that's when he's just like, okay, so I am doing something right. Yeah. But he deserves a moment. But he'll continue to gripe about, like, wanting to own land again. (laughs) Or all this property that's up for grabs now that nobody owns it. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say is, like, your favorite, I guess, scenario or arc? Um... Hmm... Perhaps the Catastrophes arc, because there's so much going on in different directions and they have to rely on each other to get through that scenario. And that's where we really get a lot of backstory for both Dokja and um, the whole story with Yusong. I think the catastrophes arc is really important. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's probably my favorite too, but I'm also a big fan of the, the peace land arc. Actually, that's like the first time we see people outside of like Korea and um, that whole crinkle in the story where it's like, Oh, you're supposed to kill the, the peace land residents. And they're like these little dwarf, like t- tiny human creatures. Um, like the size of your hand. <laughs> yeah, and then and if you save them or whatever, you end up turning into their size. So not so much um, like turning into their size, but or like not not for saving them, but for attacking fellow catastrophes. Because like in the Peaceland arc, the incarnations of around the world become catastrophes themselves in this Peaceland world. And then if you attack another catastrophe, then you become a small person. I forgot what the actual term they use, but for right now, I'm just going to say Peacelander. <laughs> it might be Peacelander or resident of Peaceland or some shit. Um, they might have said small person for all I know. I don't remember. <laughs> probably. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's also like the arc where we kind of get more from... Hold on. Young. <laughs> and like her her involvement as like uh as someone who's who's like she's always been kind of like back and we're well not back and forth but like kind of dubious in like her allegiance um um but yeah Su young is like she's the kind of person who like uh she'll before like she met dokja and her and his crew um she would like just look out for herself uh betray people at the drop of a hat and here's where she kind of goes goes back to those ways, kind of. But um, it's not before also, like, kind of going out with a bang. And, like, it's so funny when she meets Dokja. And Dokja's like, oh, so you, so you did help out these little people. And she's just like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Don't talk to me. 
It's yeah, just, her, she admits to her kindness. Yeah, she's so standoffish, but I love that. Um, I think she has the most tension besides uh, Junhyun with him, which is yeah. Good. I mean, despite and I think she was like ranked fourth strongest or something because of that. Um, after that scenario, she's oh, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> the, the darkness flame dragon. Yeah, she really wants that. I think it was. I think the the constellation thing was like abyssal flame dragon. That one. I don't remember like what their actual mythology person was. Um, but I mean, what's interesting is that like is deceptive and shady as she can be at times. Dokja still really trusts her, and so like there's at one point where like the only way to survive the scenario is if you kill the strongest player, and I think that's the scenario after Peaceland. Um, yeah, and Dokja is the strongest player. And even though there's like this big fight between number two and number three, which is Jonyaku and Moibus Nirvana, um, he like was letting them believe that Jonyaku was number one because he said he was. <laughs> and Dokta just turns to Su Young and is like, I need you to kill me. <laughs> Knowing that he can come back to life, of course, but like, he's just like, I need to die so you guys can uh, get to the next scenario <laughs> and just trust her to do that and hold on to all this stuff. Yeah, that was awesome, actually. Especially because, like, he's always, like, butt heads with her. But um, when it push comes to shove, they always, like, help each other out. And that kind of relationship is, like, that's cool. It's it's very TV. Well, well they, they did a good job of, like, kind of teasing it and not telling you that he, like, asked her to do it until later. Like, they just made it clear that she killed him, but they didn't, like, make it clear that he asked her until later. Or that they agreed to it, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, as far as the the story as a whole, there's a lot of, as we've said, like a lot of different things that happen. We haven't even gotten into like some of the Dokebi themselves, like Bi Yong, which is the, the Dokebi that we see most throughout the series. Um, he is the one that is running the star stream that Dokju makes a contract with. You're not supposed to make contracts with Dokebi, but Dokju does it anyways. He's a reader. He does what he wants. <laughs> and... Uh, so basically, they um, make an agreement that Dokja will not choose a supporting constellation, and that um, he will, that B Young will give all of the coins to Dokja. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Term, but <laughs> it it works though. Um, yeah, they're they're there fucking scammers, bro. They, yeah, they I do scam it. the system, but they also like test the boundaries of plausibility a few times and get some of the other Dokebi to really question their connections. Yeah, I think um, the Dokebi are really interesting as just like a concept uh, for the story because clearly like they're not united in their front at all. Um, There's like managers and there's also like the ones who are are to report directly to the constellations and then there's like the bottom, bottom feeders or whatever. And um, the seeing Beyong rise up to that to that position is awesome, uh, especially because uh, I love his long floopy ears that he has now. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that uh, the one that came before I forgot he, he had some weird human name like Gary or some shit. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but it was a very basic name. I was like, "What the fuck? Why do you why do you have like an American name?" Like, are you? I, I know it's not, but it might as well be Kevin. Like, Kevin, you're right. really generic. Literally, <laughs> um, but like 
all the other Dokemi that like uh, they cash on to like, oh, Dokja is kind of weird. Why? Why is he so special? Why does he know so much? And how does he? How does he know when to act and shit? And uh, they all like they all try to like push his buttons or like put him in, in terrible situations and shit. But the way Dokja flips it on them is so satisfying. The fact that like Kevin or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> At the end of the catastrophes arc, because of all the inf- interventions that uh, that he was putting, uh, like changing the scenario and shit, uh, breaking plausibility, breaking breaking the plausibility probability that uh, I think uh, Dokcha asked for like a certain recom- compensation, recompense, or whatever, and like yeah, it was like a a one on one meeting with. Kevin, yeah, yeah. And they were like, they were like in this little, little sphere that no one else can interfere in. And then everyone else was just like, "What are they gonna do?" And then you just hear like, boom, boom, boom. And then like, Doge just beating the shit out of him, and you can see the sphere shaking. And I'm just like, "Oh my god." Well, and like his Doge's motivations in that moment for other than just Kevin is being a complete asshole was that um he's the reason why he lost young's shin of the 41st round because he messed with the scenario and that's Mm. part of the way he broke possibility yeah um so it's his fault that he has to go into the underworld later on to try to get her back which doesn't quite work out how he hoped but still like it was a a whole catastrophe events itself and it's all Kevin's fault. It's all Kevin's <laughs> but I like fault. the uh, the female heavy that was in. Um, oh, and in uh, yeah, it wasn't Peaceland. Was it Peaceland? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like her a lot. She seemed really like nice and not like she was still mischievous, but she wasn't like out to get him. She gave me like vanilla Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's the vibe. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh man, who's your favorite character? favorite um mm, so hard to pick uh you go first i'm still thinking oh okay um honestly i love the kids a lot i feel like um especially oh when gil young ended up like taming or like capturing the the parasite queen i was like yo that's my boy right there, my little kid. I like that he just keeps like pulling her out too whenever he goes into battle. Like I'm riding this giant praying mantis, or I think that's what it was, like yeah. into battle. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The kid the kids are really cute. Um I They're so attached to Dokja. Like, I am so attached to Dokja. Um I'm really interested in the constellations for Sangha, but I don't really care for Sangha as much as a character herself. I just the abilities that she's being given. Um, she has become mm-hmm. like weirdly overpowered more recently, like during the part where she was separated and Dokjo was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I like We Want a lot, though. We Want is um, good. Yeah. I'm glad that like she's a presence that like wasn't in the novel that somehow has like significance now i i think that's yeah. a really good uh direction to take the story in because then june Kyuk is like who the fuck is that and i'm just like what did you <laughs> like to know <laughs> she's powerful so she's our friend <laughs> yeah i respect it 
Um, well, is there anything else about this series that you wanted to talk about? I know, I, of course, we've said a few times that there's there's so much that we still aren't even getting to, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think we have to like reveal everything. No, we definitely not. Definitely not. Get, leave some intrigue for other people. I would say, oh, when I, when Mobius was introduced and we got like his name, Mobius Nirvana, I'm like, there's no fucking way. Why is his name that? And he's just, he's dressed like um like he has that like uh like that Buddhist monk robe and shit. But he's like yes. he's like a K-pop pretty boy with nice hair and shit. I'm just like <laughs> I love it. It's so And he wants to become one with Jung Hyun. Literally, literally. He's literally I was like one. Wow. His his motivation for that is interesting though. So um I guess this kind of goes into what I was talking about with the fourth wall earlier. So with Nir- with Moivus Nirvana, um, his whole goal is that he wants to become one with Jung Hyakyu because Jung Hyakyu can just like die and move on with his life and regress or whatever. But Moivus Nirvana in his own body as a reincarnator cannot actually die. He'll just be reborn every single time. Yeah. So he thinks that if he can like become one with Jung Hyak, that he can actually die. <laughs> and um when he gets presented with actual death in his own soul um through dokja and, and the fourth wall just yo dokja him to <laughs> beat the fuck out of him <laughs> yes um that like the fourth wall like i said before is absolutely terrifying OP. because not only did it just like straight up eat moivis nirvana but it also like made it clear to dokja that it's a presence to be reckoned with. It has its own mind and thoughts and such as a fourth it's, wall entity. <laughs> it's not really controllable. It's just, it's just there. It just exists and shakes violently. It shakes violently. <laughs> <laughs> it just exists and it shakes violently. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love all the pop-up windows. Like the constellation prisoner of the golden headband is displeased by your actions. <laughs> that might that might just have to be the episode title. <laughs> Omniscient reader exists and is shaking me violently. <laughs> <laughs> shaking me violently to my core. You know the series. The series has shaken me violently. Just to really like think about world building and stories. It's a, and how dense it can be. The storytelling is so layered, but it's not like lazy or bad or any. It's just it's very unique in its presentation. It's something that like. I can wholeheartedly say that it's like a probably one of the most unique stories I've read. Uh, period. Um, this is like the equivalent of a One Piece. Like, yeah, this is something that is completely unique that I haven't read before, and that that's what really attracts me to it. I love stories like that. I love uh, when I can just dive into something and have a completely new experience that I, I can't really predict. I, I just, I'm just along for the ride. That's one of the best feelings when you start a story like that. Yeah. Whenever there's a big adventure that has a lot of episodes, you can really just kind of like sink your teeth yes. into it. It's, you know, you're in for a ride and mm-hmm. this, this series definitely delivers that. Yeah. You heard it here first folks. <laughs> Go read Omniscient Reader. Yes, absolutely. And if you want it physical, you can get it in December. December 12th or 17th? 12th, I think. 12-12, baby. Yeah, 12-12. 12-12. <laughs>
12, 12, 2, 3. Just in time for Christmas. Best Christmas present ever on the Shint Reader viewpoint. Honestly, true. Just <laughs> wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Get, get one for... I was gonna say get, get one for you, get one for your friend. <laughs> I was gonna say get one for you, get one for your Jun Hyuk. <laughs> yeah, you get one for your Jun Hyuk for sure. <laughs> we all have someone like that. <laughs> oh man. Listen, we all need a friend that says they're they're just gonna kill you one day if you don't <laughs> do what you need to do. <laughs> I was gonna say true, but then I'm like Tell what? me the future or I will or you will die. Or you How will you know or you'll die. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Well, I think we could probably both agree that on our rating scale, this is probably a Bulgogi. I know we've had a lot of those, but there's a lot of good series out Damn, there. Damn, it's almost like we have good taste and we, we only pick good things to read. That's fair. I agree. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Why do we even need a scale? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're going to need that scale for when we, we eventually find some weird, weird shit. <laughs> That's sure. I'm 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 sure someday we'll like purposely read some trash. True, true, true. <laughs> There's a few series that I've like come to really dislike that I continue to read because I started them. I have to finish them. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I just don't like them anymore, but I still read them every week. <laughs> I've gone through that. I've gone through that. for a while that was me and JJK. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm the... like it has to get better eventually, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I respect it. I I have I have stuff that I've also read a lot of. Actually on Tappy Tune, I have a couple series that like there was one that I read to completion and I'm like, why? Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what there's one that's like the biggest culprit. There's a there's a few that I've been reading that I'm kinda like not into as much anymore but one that like oh. i hate to read it every week um oh this one oh you know it's funny i didn't even finish this but i was like one two three four five six seven, seven chapters away from the end and then it had some epilogue chapters why did i read this shit is a tender heart the story of how it became a duke's maid that story is trash <laughs> <laughs> the the one that is frustrating me it started out pretty good um but went downhill pretty quick um is a bl rule romance drama um oh. called the shape of sympathy the shape of sympathy yeah and basically like these two guys meet at a wedding one of them is drunk off their ass and they're both in love with either the bride or the groom oh. for various reasons so but then they end up like consulting each other and it's not a good match. <laughs> Some like legitimate red flags on one of them. So fair. Not fair. even like the red flags that you look over, like in, uh, <laughs> I think we were talking about betrayal of dignity earlier. They're not good red flags at all. Ooh. <laughs> it's a no. Yeah. It's just toxic. It's not like something that you'd be like oh that's kind of steamy it's it's like no this is actually a bad thing you should not do that <laughs> why are you still in this relationship <laughs> i've read a couple like that um can't remember off the top of my head but i'll i'll, I'll look them up and i'll bring them up next time <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <sighs> i guess we can start uh wrapping up yeah um so for any of you that have any questions, suggestions, um, things that you want to share with us, 
series you want to recommend, um, please reach out to us at our email at sojawannareadmanwa at gmail.com. Or you can also reach us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram at sojumanwapod. We're both on there ready to chat away with you. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Um, Marion, you want to plug your socials? Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at Microwavy. Um, he is before the V. I think on Blue Sky, it might just be normally microwavy like that. Um, and I'm also a writer. I've, I've published stuff on Comic Speed, and uh, recently I contributed for ANN as well for uh, New York Comic Con. You can check out my stuff there as well. Uh, I, I do have like my own little author page with a bunch of the stuff I've written. Among them, I think one of the first things I wrote, maybe the second thing I ever wrote for them, was uh, a review on True Beauty on Webtoon, which is a pretty good that was a pretty good series. It's actually coming in print now under Webtoon's Unscrolled imprint. Uh, and it's I think it's one of their bestsellers. I think it's one of their most popular series on the platform, besides like obvious stuff like Lore Olympus, which has like billions of views and shit. So Yeah. Oh, speaking of Lore Olympus, I, I was at part of a, a media roundtable and I got to interview the author. She's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know she was from New Zealand. Her accent was cute. But uh, her insight was also pretty interesting. I love me yeah, be, some break stuff. I'd be excited to meet Rachel Smythe. I absolutely love uh, Greek mythology, as I was talking about earlier with some of the constellations and sangas. Yeah. Um, and Persephone. But yeah, I uh, I would be interested to read more about that. I'm going to look out for your article. For oh, sure. yeah. I, think you, I think you retweeted it. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> um, Thank I, you, if though. I did, then I'm going to pull it back up and actually read through. Yeah, um, I think you'll like it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm sure I will. It's a good series, for sure. Um, for anyone that wants to find me, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at ARG Bombshell um, or ARG Bombshell, whichever one you want to say. <laughs> and I frequently do videos with Dar Fox from Manga Machinations. You can find me on Manga Mac TV quite a bit. Um, we do a lot of review videos for anime films and different series we read. We're about to start a new segment. Um, he hasn't named it yet, but it's going to be basically we'll each pick a volume of manga for each other and talk about it. So nice. It'll be, it'll That's be cute. Fun. I like that. Yeah, it'll be a fun time for sure. It's like a book club uh, kind of. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it'll air before this episode or not, but I do have an upcoming appearance on One Podcast Prevails, which is a Detective Conan nice. and Case Closed podcast that's also in uh, this V-Lord family network of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it? I thought it was Colton's podcast. It, I, think, I thought it was under the same connected thing, but it might just it could be, like be mutual um, something. So Oh yeah, no, you know what? It's because uh Colton is also on Manga Mavericks, that's why. I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah it should be. It should yeah, be part it might be. They're in the podcast family. <laughs> yeah. They're so, cousins. Yeah. We're, they're cousins. <laughs> yeah. They're soju cousins. <laughs> so yeah. Um I, I'm excited for that guest appearance. We'll be recording for that soon and it'll probably be up around the same time that this episode comes out. Um, I think that's mostly it for things I've been doing lately, um, but I'm always working on more in the pipeline. <laughs> Marin, you're on mute if you're talking. Oops. <laughs> so next episode, we will be talking about Not So Wicked Step On, because uh, that did come out in print recently uh, by Eyes 
Ice Press. And all the chapters are also out on Tapas, which I've been reading since, I think, uh, actually since the first batch of chapters came out. Because I was like, oh, that's a cute name. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a cute series. <laughs> and then I kept, I kept, but uh, but yeah, look forward to that. Um, what else? I was going to say something else. Oh, uh, if you're going to be at uh, Anime NYC, uh, try to find me. <laughs> I, I'm going to be like, where's Waldo? But like, uh, yeah, that should be really fun because Sleepy C is actually going to be visiting. And I'm going to do my best to try to score an interview or at least, I don't know. Something. We'll, we'll figure something out. You got it. I mean, as much as you love uh, Omniscient Reader Viewpoint, you are readers. Yo. You absolutely have to. I'm going to say some flagrant shit to the... No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, Dr. Kim? Oh, suck his dick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I won't say that. I, I, I feel like they might just appreciate my boy. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm not going to say some vulgar shit. Uh... But I'm looking I forward. I mean, they to- might feel the same way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh man. No, but yeah, it, it should be fun. Uh, I did talk to um, Julian and and Juan so about it to see if uh, maybe we could work something out. But we'll see. Um, if not, it's all good. Well, I'll, I'll still go to the panel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, and. Yeah, uh, feel free to send us any comments, emails, whatever. If there's something that uh, if there's something that you really liked about some of the series we covered, tell us. Uh, if there's a new series that you want us to check out that we haven't yet, say that too. Like we're open to suggestions. I'm, I'm literally just like coming up with the titles that we read off the fly. Um, yeah, every time Amber's just like, hmm, "What are we gonna do next?" and I'm like, "Oh, okay, let's uh, throw the dart here." <laughs> this... One of these times, I'll just pick something and be like, "This is what we're reading," <laughs> and I'll be like, "Ooh, <laughs> yeah, let's go!" I'll jump on it just because, like, if Amber suggests something first, I'm gonna jump on that immediately. Yeah, but yeah, but if you if you rando suggest something, maybe we'll need our scale. You never know. True, true, true. <laughs> Don't recommend us, uh, Lady Devil. Don't. Don't, yeah, don't recommend that one. Don't recommend The Shame of Sympathy. I don't want it anymore in my life, but I'm going to keep reading it anyways. Oh, man. I don't particularly want swapping in my life anymore either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was the Bugolki. We cannot deny it. Literally. I'm, I'm going to be thinking about the series for the rest of my life. I mean, it might be going on for the rest of your life. You said that we're only on 155 out of 500. We've got a ways to go. True, true, true. Hey, if Tomb Raider King can get to like 412 uh, Webtoon episodes, I think we're good. We'll get there. Yeah, it'll go on for a while, but it's a good thing. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to sign off. I, I should come up with a catchphrase. So do you want to read Mango? We do. We do. Thanks, Crack. everyone. Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> <Nate. laughs>